What's going on, everybody? Yo, 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 yo. We're back. We are. And we got a great episode for you guys today. Uh, my man, Chris Leeper, on the pod to talk a little bit about his life with diabetes, his diagnosis story, some of the uh, behind the scenes of he and his wife's amazing reels and TikToks that they make, uh, as well as we're going to talk a lot about golf because he and I are both big golf nerds. So uh, this is, if we haven't talked a lot about golf on the pod, this is a good episode for that. And we also talk about uh, Medtronic 670G and 770G's feature a smart guard auto mode. So we're going to talk about how auto mode works. And Eritrea gave me the great note that when we start talking about it, we just dive right in without really giving it any intro. So no nerdy. You're just like, I'm so excited. And I'm just like, bro, what is this? <laughs> yeah, I think it's important. We got to tell people what it is. So when we're talking about auto mode, that is the hybrid closed loop feature on the mini med 670 and 770G systems from Medtronic. So that's what we're talking about when we talk about auto mode. It sounds really, really cool. Um, I'm not a golfer. I do not have a Medtronic pump, but even if you don't, this is still a really good interview to listen to. I could listen to you guys talk all day. And Chris is just a really awesome guy. Um, listening to his entire conversation and about his story, I, I really felt like he's one of those people that really believes that life is only 10% what happens to you and 90% how you react to it because he's just so, so positive. Like, okay, well, I wasn't going to let the lack of information stop me. And he has a great support system in his wife. You know, she sounds like an amazing person. She's so the one all... that discovered or that encouraged him to uh, ask about insulin pumps. So all in all, it's a really great interview for anybody. If, if you recently got married and want to support your spouse, if you're thinking about switching to Medtronic, anything like that, it's, it's a good interview. I liked it. Yeah. If you have questions about those things, uh, obviously we, we can answer them. Uh, but man, Chris Leeper came on the pod like a true pro and just knocked it out of the park. So came on the uh, pod with a syringe in a vial and a Medtronic pump. He did. Yeah. Uh, he talks about when they left the uh, discharge from the hospital, they gave him syringes and vials and a prescription and that was it. And just probably a smack on the back. <laughs> and he, he, he turned that into something ma majorly positive. So Chris, awesome. thanks for, for coming on the show and enjoy this interview with Chris Leeper. It has been a while since we did one of these, but I'm so excited to announce that this episode is sponsored by Medtronic Diabetes. Thanks to Medtronic for continuing to support the work we do here at Diabetics Doing Things, and enjoy this interview with Medtronic Ambassador Chris Leeper. Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Diabetics Doing Things. We're telling the amazing stories of people with diabetes from all over the world. Very special guest today is a guy who I met through Medtronic in the Medtronic Ambassador Program. And then we just realized, I think we have a ton of things in common. So Chris Leeper, welcome to the show. Thank you, guys. Thank you for having me. This is a, this is a great opportunity to, like I said, further our relationship, Rob. Um, like I said, I think we, I think diabetes was like the 15th thing that we have in common. I think I could, everything yeah. else, like we, we, we flow in line with everything else. And then I was like, oh yeah, he has diabetes. I have diabetes. That's, that's number 15. So. Hey, yeah, it, it, it was great. It was, it was just like, oh, wow, like I, I met you like through diabetes. And it's kind of the way that it works sometimes with a lot of people in the community. I'm sure Eritrea feels the same way about some of our diabetes friends online is like you run into people and then you're like, wow, like we do have diabetes in common, but also like all this other cool stuff. So and we're going to talk. I'm excited about talking about that uh, as well today. You and I met through the Medtronic Ambassador Program um, mm -hmm. and you you are a Medtronic Ambassador and uh, I've been a part of that program for a number of years. And I think the first call I was on with you, maybe the second was like a European call, like at 3 a.m. my time. Yeah, it was. It, it definitely was. Yep, it definitely was. That was, uh, I, I was in Virginia at the time and it was, I was like 4 a.m., 4.30 a.m. And well, I remember waking up and, um, you know, starting the coffee pot because, you know, I figured if I was going to be up at four and have that two hour meeting, like I was going to go ahead and start work right after that. And so I remember starting the coffee pot, you know, still being really quiet, you know, trying not to wake the dog up and stir the dog up and, you know, not to disturb my wife. Um, but yeah, that was um, that was a, a whirlwind of time that, you know, it's dark, you know, in my house and it was dark in your house. And um, it was just an interesting discussion or time to meet um, at like 4.30 a.m. It was so tough. It was like, okay, how long is this meeting going to be? Do I like, <laughs> do I stay up? Do I go back to sleep? Like, cause I was an hour behind you as well. So it was, yep. uh, anyway, I was, I told, uh, the, the Medtronic folks that they, I was like, I'm going to try to wake up, but I can't guarantee <laughs> like, I can't guarantee that 3am alarm is going to get me up. Absolutely. Um, but big fun. So, uh, Chris, like, let's talk a little bit about your life with diabetes. How did you come to join the T1D family? 
Oh man, it was it's crazy. Me and my wife were just talking because uh, I you know since we've been in Portland, kind of walking here, like kind of just reminisced back to my diagnosis. So all the way up until like I went to the hospital and and things were going south. Like I was in Canada for like two weeks, and I remember having the symptoms, being in Canada for work, and feeling awful, feeling terrible, and not really able to enjoy my time there, and just like it was just terrible time. We were walking to restaurants, walking to bars, walking to, you know, just just enjoying the city because we were there for two weeks. I mean, we were just really sightseeing and doing everything that we could to really enjoy our time there, and I just felt awful. Um, and then once we got back, you know, I took a vacation with my wife. We went to New York. In New York, we were walking around. We were, you know, we were being try to be social, and we're really like just trying to get out there and do things. And I just felt terrible. Like I just felt like awful. So ended up going back to work after vacation. Um, being in work, going throughout the day, really struggling. Um, they was like, hey, you might want to go to the doctor. You might go to the hospital because you just you're not acting like yourself. So I finally went to the doctor. And this is after like two and a half months of feeling this way. Like I just, just didn't go to the doctor and uh, went to the doctor, drove myself to um, the, just like local urgent care. And I said, Hey, I started to feel this bad. And they, they checked my blood sugar and they said it was through the roof. And they said, you have to go to the emergency room like right now, like you have to go to the emergency room. And luckily the emergency room is only like two blocks away from where I was. So it was an easy trip to, to go from there to there and get checked in. Um, fast forward a few days, you know, doctor comes in, you have type one diabetes and, what does that really mean? And I was like, just like, oh my gosh, like my life changed forever. Like, oh my God, like, this is crazy. Like the other day I didn't have to worry about any of this stuff you're telling me. Now I have to, to do that. And I was 26 years old and I'm like, this is like, in my mind, the prime time of my life where I was still young enough to do a bunch of things and learning a bunch of things and, and experiencing different things as I kind of grew up. And I'm like, this is, this is so different than what I imagined my life would be like. And to go through that journey and process to kind of what I knew about diabetes then to what I know now, it's completely like night and day. Like I really thought I was going to die like a few years after that because I didn't see it being sustainable because I walked out of the hospital with, with a vial of insulin and some needles and a prescription for test strips. And I was like, this is, this is archaic. This is crazy. Like, I can't live a life like this for much longer than this. And I remember having tough conversations with my wife. You know, we were newly married. And how do you tell your wife that you're newly married? Like, hey, I know you said yes, just like a couple of years ago, but I don't know if I'm going to be around a couple more years after this. Like, I, that's a tough scenario to go from starting a career to talking about, you know, will and life insurance and, and all this other stuff. Because you just didn't think it was, that was sustainable. Like, you just like, oh my gosh, like, this is not, this is not fun. This is not interesting at all and it sounds like i mean it sounds like to you, like that you didn't get a lot of great information before that you got you know released to the world right and i think that's very much the case for adults who are diagnosed with diabetes it, it's, it makes brings up two things like one you needed more information and you needed more probably hand holding and more like like somebody to tell you this is going to be fine but you know th- you got to take care of yourself but then also, you remember your old life. Like, you know, even me, like I was diagnosed at 16. I remember what it was like before, but I, I sort of now I'm just totally acclimated to always having diabetes. So like you have absolutely 26 years prior to that. Yep, absolutely. And it's, it's crazy. Like you say that, like I remember going to an appointment with uh, the doctor um, and the nurse team, you know, around the hospital and the care unit in the hospital. Uh, and it was like a dietitian appointment, really. It was like a well, like a wellness check and a um, and just say, Hey, how are you doing? You left the hospital, you know, a couple weeks ago, here's how, how's everything going. And I remember the lady telling me, you know, talk to me about what you eat. Tell me about your daily record team. She's like, wow, you eat too much. Like, oh, like, what do you mean? I eat too much. Like I'm 26 years old. Like, you know, at the time I was like going to gym regularly and all like I did, you know, sporting events and playing in rec leagues. And I was, and she was like, you eat too much. Like, I'm like, what do you mean? This is how I normally ate. And, you know, I don't, I don't know any different. Like, how do I transition to something like this? And like you said, the information that was given to me was very limited from a, from a closed eye view on how to live a life and be normal with type one diabetes. And I, cause I just didn't see how the two connected. I just didn't get it. I just didn't grasp the idea. Well, and I think it takes time to explain, you know, and I yep. think like it's, 
one checkup, one wellness check, one, one time in the hospital, you know, there's, there's a frequency there that you need. Right. And, you know, I think Absolutely. even still, like it's, it's really years before you're used to all of the sort of one-off situations that you're going to have to navigate throughout. Uh, but you mentioned that you and your wife were recently married. Uh, wh- what was that like on your relationship, introducing diabetes to, to the, to the whole equation? It, it was, it was funny because, you know, my wife received the information and she was like fired up day one. Like she came home and threw a bunch of stuff away that we had in our refrigerator and our cabinets. I'm like, what are you doing? Like, and like, I just couldn't pull myself away from that, but she was all on board from day one. She was like, okay, if we're going to do this, we're going to do it. She threw a bunch of stuff away. She gave me stuff a bunch of away. Um, and I was like, oh my gosh, like, this is crazy. And then I remember her cooking like meals shortly after that, that was like low carb or, um, you know, just, just a lot differently than how we ate before. So she was totally on board to, to, to get me there. I just had a hard time accepting it based off the limited feedback I was given from, you know, professionals that you, that you go to and and ask about, like, I felt super uncomfortable about what I was doing and what we were told to do um, because of just the limited, like, I was just thinking like, Hey, I can't, I can do this if I'm motivated to go on a diet or I'm, if if I really want to get back in shape and, you know, I can do that from a short period of time and I can really be motivated, but to talk about, you know, lifestyle change at 26 to really dramatically take a turn. It's like, wow, like this is not just a six month crash course to get in shape. This is, you know, 60 years of, of mind shaping and getting conditioned to change your outlook on a lot of things. So that, that takes a lot. Yeah. I mean, you hit the nail on the head. Like, I think they have to tell you, and if they don't shame on them, but like, this is not going to go away anytime soon. I think, you know, when you're diagnosed as a kid, I think they always try to make your parents feel better to say like that, you know, they think is a cure is going to happen in 10, 20 years. I think like I was told 20, I know people who have been told 10, you know, and I think they just do that because they're nervous and they don't want to tell you that that you're going to have this for your whole life because in those moments you're like fragile, you know, and Mm -hmm. like you said, it's a, you've never probably at 26, I wasn't really contemplating the rest of my life, you know, and kind of just focused on the moment and, uh, man, it's, it'll, it'll dramatically make you grow up quick. Absolutely. Tell me about it. And it's one of those things where we're very similar, Rob, like we're competitive nature. We love to be, we've been in sports our whole lives. Like we want it to know worst case scenario so we can start pulling ourselves out of that. And it seems like, like, like you said, the information that you were given or for me, wasn't that, that worst case scenario, this is what you have to do to, to change. It's, it was, Hey, do this, do this, do this. And, and just hope for the best. Like that's not a plan you know, I'm a planner. I, I like to think of, of and really prioritize. And when you tell me certain things, I'm like, well, I can do that, but that doesn't sound like me. That doesn't sound yeah. like my life. And it's, and it's crazy to, to always have that stigma attached to it. It was like, how can I do this and be myself in everything that I do going forward? And it's not, not that, but it's just knowing, knowing that you evolve into a better version of yourself with the knowledge that we all are getting now with, with diabetes technology and, and how to live a life. Um, and that's, what's kind of freed me up to be myself and to do some of the things that, that I've been doing. In my life. And, you know, I, I mean, you talk a lot about like, the psychology behind it. And I think you lose part of your identity and you also gain a new identity mm-hmm. based on your diabetes diagnosis. Right. You talked about, like eventually coming to terms with it. And like, as you, you know, learn about technology and you learn about lifestyle changes and kind of adjusting to that new normal, what was it? Do you remember what changed that for you or sort of what gave you that confidence or what started you on that path to discover that? It was just gaining the experience, gaining different experiences, learning more about myself and learning my diagnosis and owning it. And it just, just, just as I experienced more throughout the day and, you know, had a good day at work or, or I had a good work trip or whatever else. And I'm like, Hey, I can do this and, and be successful. Um, because a lot of times we were just talking about this at work the other day. A lot of times, if you don't know something, you don't talk about it. You kind of just, your mind makes up a version of what it's supposed to be like. And it's not true. Mm. Most of the time it's so false of reality, but you have to go through it. You have to experience it. You have to talk about it. You have to open up about it to really gain understanding and revelation to where you can move forward and move past it. 
if you don't talk about it, you don't, you know, kind of move or face, face it or address it, you're basically just like your mind makes up something and, and you're always parallel and paralyzed in fear and, and just, just always held back from being yourself. My old man used to say, the mind is a terrible thing and it must be stopped. Um, which <laughs> that I think is, he stole that is from true. somebody. But yeah, <laughs> that, that, man, I, I hear you. I think those stories we tell ourselves, especially in those isolated scenarios, they can be, you can get yes. real off track real quick. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, some of those stories, you're just not seeing the whole, the whole you know, the whole picture. So you, you talked about technology. Mm-hmm. Um, you left the hospital with a syringe and a vial like, like many of us. Uh, what do you use to treat your diabetes now? So uh, right now I have a mini med 770 G system, um, with CGM and I'm loving it. I'm loving the, the technology. I'm loving the access to have Bluetooth connectivity on my phone. I am just loving, you know, having the information at the, my fingertips, you know, I'm loving, uh, making, you know, any adjustments or anything, you know, just been able to live, a life where it's not just monotone it, you know life is not just like this all the time like it, there's going to be ups downs hurdles and everything and it feels like technology allows me to just have the latest and greatest access to my numbers and what i need to do to live just a normal better life for myself and you know i, I mean first of all i couldn't agree more i love being able to check my Medtronic numbers on my phone. I mean, it's just a huge hack, especially like when you're in a meeting, you don't want to take your pump out of your pocket or whatever the case. It's just nice. Um, For you, like, you know, this obviously isn't your first pump. Do you remember like how you got introduced to insulin pumps and CGM and what those conversations were like and the sort of impact you were able to feel from that? Sure. So um, yeah, when I went through the first four years of not knowing or seeing one, it was so like, like, different for me to even hear that a pump that you'd have to be on you. Like I've heard you say, like you thought it'd be surgically implanted. Like I thought that too. Like I didn't know what it would be like because that just seems so like out of body. Like that just seems like so crazy. So actually my wife saw it, saw like a little doctor infomercial slide in the tele in the, in the doctor, you know, um, waiting room. And she just saw it like a, just a little short clip. And she's like, Hey, I think I saw an insulin pump on the TV and the, and the monitor out there, like, you know, you probably need to make an appointment just to ask questions see what it's about. I was like, nah, don't worry about it. Like, I'm good with what I'm doing. You know, I've, I've accepted using pins and from, from MDIs and, and Hey, I, I'm, I made an adjustment already. So I'm right. Good. Yeah. No, no more changes, please. <laughs> yeah. No more changes. So, and, and, you know, it's the wisdom of, of understanding from your significant other is, is next to none. It's the best because she was looking out for me. She was like really trying to provide feedback to just help, just, you know, supported me just knowing and getting the information. So went, made an appointment, went to the doctor and, you know, I actually got to see one for, for the first time. I was like, Hey, this isn't as big or as crazy as I thought. And I asked a bunch of questions like, how is it, you know, in you and you know, what happens when all this stuff happens and, you know, tell me this, what, what do you do if I want to go play basketball? What happens if I want to go swimming? You know, tell me that. And I was just waiting for a negative response and, <laughs> and it wasn't a negative response. He's like, Hey, if you feel like, you know, you can check your blood sugar and, and have the CGM and, and you can see the readings on your pump, you can just take your pump off. And if it's only just for an hour or two, like you'll be fine. You just check your blood sugar and resume and keep going. I think that's and such I'm an like, important, I think that's an important thing to talk about. Sorry for, for cutting in on no, you, but like, no, no. you know how, you know how it is like when you're a young active person with diabetes and you just think that there can be no one else out there that's worried about the the stuff that you need. It's like, okay, well that may work for somebody, but I like to swim or I like to play basketball. Like I'm different. Yep. Yep. And, and then they're like, no dude, you can just take this off. Like, <laughs> here's, here's some like, you know, tights, a brand of tights that you can tuck it into or whatever. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. You're not that special. <laughs> right. Like Lauren, our, uh, our good friend, Lauren Cox, uh, plays in the WNBA with it on. So yep. I mean, yeah. if she can do that. We could probably, you know, get out and play a little sand volleyball. She wears right. it too. Like she wears it during the games. So, yeah. yeah. Yep. I mean, you, and you can, I mean, I've, I haven't played in a, in a professional basketball game before, but I mean, I do things a lot with just my pump in my pocket or clipped on my my pocket pants or, or belt clip. Like it's just super convenient and easy to do whatever you need to do. Like it really is that easy. It's, it's, it's so funny. Like 
you were talking about me thinking that it was surgically implanted and like, you know, and, and there were pumps like that, but they were like one-offs, you know, like way back in the day. And I just remember trying to explain that to my like 70 year old CDCES or I guess CDE at the time. And she was just like this very sweet old lady. And I was like, ma'am, this is not sexy. I, I'm 19 years old. I don't want, I don't want like a big hole in myself. Um, and she was like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, like, here's, and she had the little fake, you know, flesh, you know, it's like that skin. She's like, she put the side on. She's like, that's it. And I was like, okay, well, maybe we can have a conversation then maybe, maybe I'm an idiot. So Rob, like I'm, I'm curious to like your professional experience, like, like how did you make the transition and what was it like in that different kind of active lifestyle? Cause I mean, you, you, you were out there, you were active, like you were, you were there. I was, um, so I didn't wear my, I, I wore in college, I switched my pump. So I was on MDI for my first two years, first, yeah, first two years. And that worked pretty well. Um, I gotten used to like the long acting and I, um, I actually think looking back, um, it, for that, the way that we practiced and kind of the kind of culture that we had as, as a team, MDI probably worked better just because you know, you didn't have to be disconnected a lot because I was disconnected or I did disconnect during practices, uh, and games. Um, just cause I didn't have, I don't know. I just got into the habit of that and it worked, it worked out. I had plenty of lows and highs, just like, just like always. I, I talk a lot about my best days as an athlete were probably my worst days of diabetes control just cause I was pushing myself so hard and gotcha. didn't have CGM at the time that was really like suitable for that type of activity. Um, so I think like if, if I had been in college today, having CGMs that are pretty durable and having phones and like pumps and tights that are easy to tuck things into, I think I would have worn it, um, at least during practices, if not games. So that's okay. probably if I, if I went back, I, I think that's probably what I would do. Um, but yeah, it's a good question. And I think like, you know, for me at the time, like my, I wore the, the five thirty paradigm Met Medtronic paradigm revel, and I wore that pump for like eight years. That pump was indestructible and it just, it never, I think one of them died on me one time. They sent me another one and then that thing wouldn't quit. It just refused uh, <laughs> this little Game Boy screen. Nice. Um, so let's talk about like active lifestyle, man. Like one of the things that I haven't talked about enough, but I'm really talking about lately probably because I'm so, uh, you know, just laser focused on trying to bring my handicap down is playing golf and, you know, play, cause I, which I love to do. And especially during the pandemic, it's like one of those only social, like outdoor, like distant, easy things to do on a regular basis. And so that's been a, a, a nice rediscovery of, of the love for golf for me. But many people with diabetes can, can struggle with, you know, having to fill their entire golf bag up with snacks. Um, and, and so that's where I think talking a little bit about smart guard auto mode, which we don't talk about a ton on the podcast, but I think it's a super important thing for people to know about. I often, and I'd love to hear your perspective on it as well. I can go a whole round of golf with the right conditions without ever going high or low. Absolutely. Absolutely. And there's times where I have, um, I have infusion, not infusion sets, but, uh, my glucose meter and test strips, like in my golf bag that I keep in there all the time. So I don't forget anything or I'm always unprepared. Um, so there's times where I can go a whole round of golf and not even touch my little safety kit or my snack pack and enjoy myself because I know auto mode is kind of keeping me standing up in the background. Like it's keeping me going where before, uh, cause I had the, the six thirty G before seven seventy, and I would, I would have a, 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 my golf bag full of snacks. I had usually something at the golf at the turn, you know, a little power rate or, you know, something just to, you know, give me some carbs and I was never like, I was always taking like every few holes. I was always concerned about my blood sugar. Like I was like, Oh, let me, let me go check it real quick. Do I got some time or, or we've got, we're waiting in front of the group in front of us. You know, I yep. got some time. Let me check my blood sugar. Let me eat something really quick. And it's, it was tough to, 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 you know, golf is one of those mind games where you have to stay in the game. And if your game, your head's out of it, you're, you're basically out of it anyway. And I'm a very competitive person. That's how I kind of got into golf. Like I stopped playing other competitive sports and, but golf was there, you know, willing and waiting outside of, you know, other competitive sports. So I wanted to be the best I could lower my handicap. Like you said, Rob, um, I wanted to really try to compete and challenge myself. 
So there was times where I could feel my blood sugar getting low or high, and that would take me out of my mental headspace of, of the golf round or practice. And well, and, and like that, that's not just unique to golf, right? That's kind of with everything is like, if you, you true. know, if you feel your blood sugar dropping and you're in a meeting or you feel like I was asking myself earlier today is like, is my blood sugar high because I'm pissed off or am I pissed off because my blood sugar is high? Like, which, <laughs> which, like, which one is it? Um, because it, it really does take you out of it. And ultimately it's like survival at its like core, right? Is your Absolutely. body is in trouble. And of course that becomes the most important thing. Absolutely. So yeah, it was always a, an event when I, before I had 770 and, and, and going out to the golf course and really enjoying my time, it was actually a actual physical event where I had to prepare and pack and plan to enjoy myself out there. And a lot of times I would end up having a low or I would stay high and it was never uh, one or other. It was always like, Hey, you know, you could go low and then you'll correct too much and then go high and then spend the back nine all high. With, with auto mode, I'm able to, to plan, you know, obviously at the very beginning of my round, you know, go to temporary target mode and then really just kind of just monitor it as I go, as I'm walking from hole to hole or, or I'm in between shots. I just, you know, look at my phone. Yep. I'm good. And we're on to the next hole. We're on to the next shot. I mean, it's really taken a lot of the guesswork out of how I used to manage it when I was on the course, because the 630G had the 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 the, um, the basal rate, the percentage. So right. depending on if you're walking or riding, like I would fluctuate those percentages based off, you know, how hot it was, how cold it was, you know, it, would I be eating on the course? Would I would I you know be sweating a lot? You know, when you walk. Um, so all that came into fact when I was playing around the golf, and I'm like, hey, I'm thinking about my blood sugar way too much. Like I'm thinking about my diabetes way too much when I'm trying to do this activity. And I'm really like taking myself out of it every so often, knowing that I'm, I'm worrying about my numbers and, and my body. Well, and I mean like that, that headspace and that kind of way of operating, I think that like exercise is hard enough as it is, you know, like it's hard enough to get motivated. It's hard enough to get to the gym. It's hard enough to feel good, you know, or, you know, shake off a, a work day or what have you, or wake up early. Same thing with like, enjoy, like things like golf, which is clearly in entertainment and enjoyment, but also physical Absolutely. exercise. So if the cost of doing something that I enjoy, like I got to do all of this extra stuff, it takes, it robs you some of, of some of that joy and some of that, uh, you know, those things. And I think that, you know, I mirror your, you know, uh, experience exactly like before CGM, before smart guard auto mode, I would have to have a pack. Of, I'd have to stop at seven 11 or stop in the pro shop before my round and make sure that I had enough stuff to make it through because I know after four or five holes, I'm going to start, especially if it's warm, I'm going to start sweating. I'm going to be walking and my blood sugar is going to start to come down. So I need to keep it up, but I don't want to get to go too high. And then are we eating lunch at the turn? Are we eating lunch? Mm -hmm. You know, like what, how mm -hmm. much are we eating? Am I going to have a bunch yep. of insulin on board and I'm going to crash even more. So, yep. you know, it's, it's just been a, a cool thing. Like things that, the way the way i've heard people talk about it before is like one of the biggest advantages of hybrid closed loop systems is it lessens the mental burden of diabetes and i think what's cool about that in this particular instance is we both know what it was like before mm -hmm. we know like and then you get to experience and step into that new technology and like new experience and you're like oh okay well this is different like i am back to I check my blood sugar the same amount of times that my buddy that doesn't have diabetes in the, in the card next to me did. And that's yep. none. Or, or I could just peek at it on my pump or my phone and just say, okay, well, here we are. We're, we had a nice flat line. And I, I don't know, just the, the amount of, I just, it feels like a win uh, whenever that happens. It's just like, man, I got to do what I wanted to do, not think about diabetes for a long time, not running into any problems. And I feel great. And I just, I don't know. I just, I could ride that high all the time. That's mental health more than anything, really. Well, you said it. it just as not being taken away from anything. If you're in a meeting or you're you're having lunch with your 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 friends or you're doing something and watching a movie, like you don't want to take yourself out of that situation and go handle a high or low or you know just to check your blood sugar. And it allows you to to because golf is a social. You know, I you know we have fun. We're playing with friends or we're playing with people that we work with. Like it's very sociable, and you hate to take yourself out of those situations when a conversation was going so well 
or a good, you know, problem solving opportunity at work comes up and you get to talk about that. And you, you just always want to be present during those times. And with technology has allowed you to stay within those moments and not have to take you out of those to make sure to adjust and, and to come back. Like there's so many times where something was going on and I was like, so just so self-conscious, like, oh, I think I'm going low or I think I've got my go high. Let me go check my blood sugar. So I had to grab my stuff. You know, I didn't want to check it in front of people. So I, I went to the bathroom and I went to go check my blood sugar. And I'm like, okay, I'm back. I'm like, what are we talking about? I was talking about something completely different than what right. I, I left the conversation. That ship sailed or, and you're, you're jumping in, you know, yep. five, <laughs> five minutes behind. Right. <laughs> right. And it's, and it's crazy that, you know, being some of the ages that we're, we're diagnosed, like some of the experiences that we are accustomed to having and not having to take ourselves out of those and really enjoy them, you know, hundred percent is, is so key to, to, golf and and to everything that we do because we never want to make it seem like we're taking ourselves out of a conversation or out of a situation for our diabetes like that's the worst that is that is the absolute worst it's a it's a it's a it feels it's a burden you know you feel like you're and i think that you know from my perspective at least like i don't want i don't want to feel like a burden i don't want to make people feel like they need to worry about me i don't like (laughs) i don't like any kind of attention like that and uh, you know, it's too difficult to under, to explain in a short amount of time. Like if you're in a meeting, like it's a five minute break, like, Hey, like what happened in there? It's like, Oh, well, how much time you got? Uh, but you know, the, when you have, otherwise like an alarm will go off, like in a meeting, like, like on high and it's like, okay, well I can just give myself a little bit of, you know, insulin here and we're just going to sit and just do just fine. Nobody has to know. Uh, yeah. and it's not that you hide it. It's just like a convenience thing. It is. It's well, you never want to go into a situation. Like you have to worry about me. Like I can handle this. I know what I'm doing. Like I have to, like, you don't want to announce it. You know, you just don't want to say, Oh, I got to do this. I got to tell you this. And then, you know, that pops the question. I'm like, Oh my gosh, you know, was it the, was it the cookie that we had? I'm so sorry that we had cookies. And I, I was like, Oh my gosh, like that's the worst. That That is the absolute worst. And it's like, no, it's not that it's not that cookie. It's not <laughs> that it's not that like, don't say that. Right. That's one of the worst things that people say to me. It was like, like, I remember I was at work one time and, and, um, I, I purposely, this was like when I first started pumping and we had like a pretty big lunch for at work. Like we were having a working lunch. So before I checked my blood sugar before nobody saw, you know, came in, we we're eating, you know, things were fine and, and everything like that. And everybody was like, Oh man, these cookies are good. You know, th- this is good. And everybody had a cookie and they were like just talking how good the cookies were. So I know shortly after, you know, I, I, you know, had to excuse myself before we started back with work and we, you know, stopped the social, you know, aspect of lunch. I, you know, grabbed my stuff, you know, my little, you know, lapel lunch insulated bag and, and grabbed, went to the bathroom. And, and the first thing this, this lady next to me said, she's like, was it the cookies that, that, that made you, you know, do that? And I'm like, it's not, it, it wasn't that it was the, it was the, okay, let me reset myself before we go into the next phase of, of the activity. Let me make sure that I'm okay. And then it wasn't, it wasn't that I was worried that I ate too much of a cookie or it wasn't that I would expect my blood sugar to be a thousand. It was just, I wanted to prepare for the next conversation that we were having that was work related that I wanted to make sure I was present there for the whole time. And with auto mode and the technology, it's allowed that burden, like you said, to be released and you can be there and be present the whole time and not have to worry about, oh, am I going to go, am I going to crash? Did I have enough food? Did, did I, did I bolus enough when I ate this or, or, you know, what's going on with my body to make sure I'm stable throughout this, this present time that I want to be present. And it's like that with golf, like, you know, you're out there, you're enjoying the time. Most of the time when you're out there, it's super nice outside. Like you're super pleasant, super enjoyable. And you want to physically enjoy that. Like you want to feel the sun. You want to feel, you know, just the natural of, of the earth and be normal and not have to take you away from the situation. And that's what auto mode does for me. And it sounds like it does for you too, as well. It does. It's cool. I mean, uh, it's, it's one of those things like when, I don't know about you guys' experience, but when I was diagnosed, they were like, yeah, in the future, you'll have all this stuff and it'll like tell you your blood sugar on your phone and like you'll have, it'll be able to control it for you. And and it's like, and now all these things are happening. So, you know, you, it checks your blood sugar every five minutes, gives you a micro bolus and you, or not, and you move on. 
Um, is it perfect? No. I mean, certainly I still have diabetes. Uh, right. that is clear, <laughs> but, uh, it's, I don't know. It has given me back, like you said, the ability to be present in more situations in my life and allow me to really disconnect and enjoy from that sort of chronic stress of living with diabetes, man. It's just like, it, it's always kind of hanging over. And while there certainly are good aspects to it, I think the community being one, uh, it's just nice to, uh, nice to just get a little mental break every now and then. Yeah, I don't know about you guys, but I was very conscious of going low at night or going low. Like, well, I played golf throughout the day. And then before I was able to eat or to, to check, going low before that. And that was a fear of mine for, for the longest. And I remember I actually passed out one time. Like, I golfed. We played 36 holes in the, in the day on a Saturday. So I was golfing all day. And I, didn't, I ate okay. Like, I didn't eat a bunch, but I ate enough just to keep going because we were just on a time clock. And I golfed all day long, came home like at 7, 30, 8 o'clock at night. Um, you know, my wife, I had dinner ready. It was just in the microwave. I had to heat it up. Um, so while I was kind of prepping my food, like I could feel myself getting low and actually passed out because mm. of me not, you know, really eyeing the ball on, on my numbers and what I was going and what I was doing. And that, that's always been a fear of mine, like not just understanding and not feeling it enough. And I passed out right, right. My food was, was, I was getting my food out of the microwave, putting it on the table and I passed out. And so automotive has really, you know, released that and eliminated that fear of going low and passing out when I'm not keep my eye on the ball. Like when I'm, when I'm enjoying something or I have a timetable and I don't pull myself away to do it, like it has allowed me to, to do that. And, and I, there's times where, if I wanted to get up and go to the store and, and come right back and I was going to be gone for like 30 seconds, like I wouldn't grab everything. Like I would be going out for the day. Like I would just go and I would be okay. You know, if I'm going to spend an hour out and come back, I don't have my monitor with me. I don't have, you know, test strips with me. I don't have a snack with me. I know that. You're not like I'm tethered to all that stuff. You know, have a little yeah, bit more you're freedom. Not. Yep. Absolutely. And it, and it's definitely done that. It has definitely made life more convenient and easier to just pick up and go especially when you're not you know it's not like that day thing or that that plan thing it's like right you're able to be spontaneous and, and to go out and do a lot of the things that you did before your diagnosis like you could just go and but as long as you come back and <laughs> correct but but you can go you can do what, what you need to do and it doesn't stop you from 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 enjoying the moment I, but listen to you guys talk about golf. And so first of all, I am not a Medtronic user. I do not golf, but I did write this down. If golfing brings snacks, because I'm really thinking about big old Rob and you, sir, just drinking a juice box on the side of a golf course. Like what kind of snacks do you guys bring? Like, I don't, you know, a, a grown man drinking an apple juice box. I don't know. A Powerade is key. Like as most yep. like cart girl, like in the cart girl is your friend. Right. So like, yep. You know, I might, you know, and if I'm feel, if I'm feeling a little, I mean, just, you know, emotional high or low, not even blood sugar related, I might get a payday. You know what I'm saying? I might get a Snickers. I'm not, I'm not me when I'm hungry. Um, but you know, I think for me, one of the things like in Texas, especially I'm sure it was like this in, at times in Virginia, like if, if I left my gummy bears in my bag in my car, like they would melt. Mm -hmm. So I would have this, like, sometimes I would just have like a burger patty, like a patty <laughs> of, of, uh, of gummies. And I just have to like eat it. Like <laughs> just, this is good. that's when, you know, that's when, you know, your blood sugar is real low and you got nothing else to treat it with. You're sitting there eating that's like it. a whole patty of uh, survival <laughs> mode. Yeah. Okay. Got I know, it. <laughs> I know you guys have done this. So have you ever gone to the store just to get low snacks and, <laughs> I'm sure the, the, the lady that rings you up in, in the store thinks you're just, I mean, I've done that and, and I gotten certain looks where it's like, Oh, what is he doing? Like, he's got cookies. He's got gummies. He's got apple juice. I'm like, he, he's like, he, it's like, what are you eating? Now, well, <laughs> you know how like, it's, it's so interesting how your brain works when you're low because it, it rewards you, gives you that extra dopamine injection when you get food, which is why food tastes so good. And you get the ultra <laughs> munchies because your body's like, hey, we need food to survive. Like you should enjoy this food. Wait, so that's you, a thing? Yeah. You're, that that, yeah. That no, your, your brain is like just overflowing with dopamine of like, get us food now. And so yeah, yeah, Doritos sound good. Gummy bears sound good. Powerade nope. sounds good. Don't give, don't give me a bunch of choices. I'm going to take it. <laughs> what's, what's the weirdest thing you've eaten when you were low, Chris? The weirdest uh, thing. 
The weirdest thing. Let's see. That's a tough one. That is a tough one. Oh, what are you, Rob? <laughs> oh, I know. I already know what it is, but I'll. A weirdest thing. Mine's gross. Wow. I'm not telling you guys until you tell me. Show me yours. I'll show you mine. But you guys tell me first. Yeah, I feel like I definitely like made a sandwich one time and like didn't have much, many much snacks. This is probably like in college. And I was like just stacking Doritos in my peanut butter, like just trying to get as many carbs in this one sandwich as I could. Uh, maybe put some gummies in it. I don't know, like gummy worms. I was just trying to put everything in the sandwich that I could. It wasn't a, I don't know, I'm not proud of it, but that's, that's me. That's, I'm, wasn't I'm, your proudest moment? No, no, for sure not. But you know. <laughs> gotta do what you gotta do and sometimes though like early on too in my diabetes life like especially when i was playing sports i really didn't eat like a lot of can like i ate pretty good and uh you know especially with diabetes like trying to keep the diet in line and all that stuff so if i got low and i was like man what <laughs> rub those hands together like what can i have like what can i have here could i eat this whole pint of ice cream like absolutely let's get it let's get it popping so yeah i would kind of like reward myself with sweets <laughs> Uh, when I was low and I was younger that that I've definitely done that so there's like maybe like once a month where it perfectly aligns where you're going low and you're hungry and it's the it's the time like the time to to expend yourself a little bit further and go in and I've done that and it happens maybe like once a month like once a month where I I the the stars align and, and it happens where I can extend myself a bit and, and eat all the junk food and stuff and and still be pretty okay. This is my moment. All about balance. Yeah. All right. What do you got? You've been hyping this up. This better not fall flat here. Oh, okay. So I definitely once made myself a, and I was going to tell you, it's always peanut butter. One of those marshmallow fluff and peanut butter sandwiches and ate it over the sink like a rat in the dark. Mm. I've been there. Sad. Well, I like, you know, I mean, first of all, marshmallow cream, like why does it exist? I don't know, but it's, I mean, it's good on the sandwiches and peanut butter. I can't front. It's got to be good. The other thing, though, I once ate like a whole, I had like half a bag of Doritos, uh, spicy sweet chili. (laughs) This is in college. (laughs) And I was like, oh, I don't have any protein. Like, and I was pretty low. So I just dipped them in peanut butter and just ate a bunch of them. (laughs) You're sick, Rob. You're a sick person. I'm not not proud of it, but (laughs) I can't. It was good. You know what I'm saying? Did I have a stomachache later? Some heartburn for sure. But, you know. Got to do what you got to do. Let me find out you a binge eater. Let me uh, find out. Is that, is that, is I am for sure. Absolutely. Oh my goodness. I have my, uh, my avalanche foods just like anybody else. Cashew butter. Ooh, get that away from me. Oh my God. Um, okay. Back to the topic. Uh, Chris, you and your wife have made some pretty funny TikToks and reels. Uh, what's it like to like make diabetes content and like talk to your wife about diabetes content in a, in a diabetes content household? I got to ask, cause I live in one. So. It's always and, interesting. And, and, and I'll tell you this, Rob, like going through the journey and, and growing social media, that's how you meet people and stuff. Like, I think I can, for me, and I'm sure it's a lot of this for a lot of people that's going to listen to this and people that just have diabetes or are in the community. Like you made diabetes cool. Like, like you made it to where it was kind of normalized. Oh, well, and, thanks, man. I can't take care of that, but thank you. No, no. And I, no, I think. Chris, I think you're doing it, a disservice here, man. Hey, <laughs> I'm just kidding. <laughs> But it's one of those things where it's like you don't know what it looks like on people and you don't talk about it. And that's when we make these videos and we do all this funny stuff or we try to be funny. Like it's just trying to be normal and try to be regular. Like, you know, it's it, that's what it is. Like, like I'm sure when people hear your story, Rob, about playing professional sports and, and living with the diabetes, like it's like, wow, like that can happen. Like I can do that. Like that's that's an option for me. And if it doesn't have to be professional sports, it could be professional, whatever that you do in your life. hundred percent. But it's one of those things where like, wow, like if he did it, like I probably can do it as well. Like it's not that far fetched from, from being normal and not stopping to dream, not stopping to stop doing what you love. And it's, it's those things that if you can't laugh at yourself or you can't have fun at yourself, like you can't do any of it. And that's what it is. Like it's, it's hoping to, break the stigma of diabetes of being a shameful disease and, and, you know, shaming yourself and not feeling good about yourself to just being normal, just, just laughing about it and and just really having a, a fun time about it. So, I mean, there's, there's plenty of content, you know, that is on social media that does that. And I, you know, from the earliest times of social media and stuff and seeing, you know, I think maybe like the first few times, 
you know, you Google like, you know, type one diabetes or, or, or something. And, and it's just weird. It used to be weird content that was, that was available when it popped Real up. Weird. It was just weird. And it's, it's like sometimes why, gross, lots of bloody yeah. test strips. Yeah, and it was which like, is fine why? to share, you know, it's real. <laughs> but that scares a lot of people, I'm sure, or or just puts a stigma around it, like, oh my gosh, like that's horrible. But then when you see contents like like yours and and stuff that we try to do, it's like makes it makes it normal, like it makes it kind of fun and it makes it, you know, kind of light. And we talk about like normalization of a lot of things, and I think, like you said, just seeing somebody else who is dealing with something, whether good or bad. Mm-hmm. And sometimes like, you know, my content strategist brain, like a lot of times people post things that go bad and that always mm-hmm. performs really well Yep. because everybody knows what that's like. Cause it goes bad. <laughs> yeah. uh, yep. Like, di- like, welcome to diabetes. Something's going to go wrong. And <laughs> it's all about where, you know, can you manage that obstacle? And I think, you know, my background as an athlete ta- has taught me so much and given me the mentality and the strength, you know, like right now I'm watching last chance you the basketball version and I'm just like inject that into my veins. That's my experience. But like, so it's very top of mind for me. And I just remember being 19, 20, 21 years old, like wanting something super bad and not being able to have it or having someone else in charge of it. And I feel a lot of that about diabetes is like, you can want something all you want and diabetes has its own mind sometimes and you can prepare the best you can Uh, You know, we're talking about rounds that go really well and really smooth. And there are rounds that are totally up and down, Uh, whether I got to, I wake up early in the morning and I've got a high blood sugar. So I got to treat it. Then I've got insulin on board. Well, I'm going to need a snack. Uh, And that's just, that's, you know, auto mode just can't fix that. And I think diabetes, it's just a, how strong are you? Are you able to navigate that next obstacle? And Mm -hmm. I think it helps so much in the community to be able to look left and right uh, to whether it's an athlete or whether just somebody who talking about diabetes, just a friend you met online to know that somebody else knows what you're going through. And I think that's the thing I look forward to the most about in-person events is you meet people for the first time. And instead of this weird preamble about yourself of 15 minutes of conversation, you get to skip all of it and they, and then just really learn who this person is. And Mm -hmm. you all at the same time have this thing in common that you both deeply understand uh, and you know, I think that's just being seen in that way is super healthy. Absolutely. I, I totally agree. Totally, totally agree. I mean, that's well, you said it, that was a mouthful and you said it like, that's it. That's what it's about. Like, especially when you, the community is growing, you know, uh, and it's like, people are going to, going to need that content, that feel good content because people are going to have diabetes and diabetes, is no respect to the persons like, like you could be at your, your greatest or your lowest moment and diabetes could, could come back and, and say, okay, here, here we are, you know, and you're at the same step as, as somebody else. And people need to see that. Like people need to, to be able to Google diabetes and see good stories, see how struggling stories happen, but it's not necessarily going to be your experience or, or something that you will for naturally have to go through. Like you can have a great experience with diabetes and you can, you cannot stop dreaming. You cannot stop being that version of yourself. Like just because, you know, Rob, like you can't stop playing basketball just because, you know, this came up, like this was an interruption. Yes, it's an interruption, but it's not going to stop you from, from doing some of the things you love to do. But I think it's important to hear people say that and not mm-hmm. enough people at the, at the outset of their life with diabetes hear those words. You certainly didn't from your care yep. team in the hospital, right? Um, Absolutely. And it's so, so important. And, you know, I think, I'll say it, you know, and and I think there's lots of caveats to it for sure. But if you haven't heard it before, hear it now from all three of us is, you know, whatever dreams you have for your life, you can still have, those are still within reach. Diabetes is just going to be a part of it. And, uh, you know, I'm living proof of that. I I think you are too, Chris and, and Eritrea for sure it, you know, whatever those dreams are. I mean, they, and they don't have to be being an athlete or being famous or whatever those, that, that is just whatever journey you want to go on. But, you know, I, there's been people on this podcast who are amazing moms and amazing providers for their family and Mm -hmm. entrepreneurs and innovators and just regular people, people with a heart for people and, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, whatever you're trying to do. I think like there's so many cool stories of somebody making diabetes work for the life that they want. And, uh, you know, 
making it work, no matter how many highs and lows they have, no matter how many times they have to eat a melted bag of gummy bears, because uh, it'll happen. <laughs> um, There's a lot sure. of beauty in that struggle. Like those, those flatline moments that you guys were talking about, I'm sure you appreciate them even more because you have, we have all those highs and lows. So when you get those small breaks, it's like, man, what a great day. I really appreciate it today. I, I, I don't know. I feel like I'm more grateful than the average person because of diabetes. And, you know, I can't wait to be an old head. And like all these young kids are like, well, my blood sugar is the same all the time. Like, oh, I had, I've been, I've been, you know, on the hybrid closed loop and the CGM and it's only one thing. And it like, does, you know, attacks to my phone and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, well, <laughs> you might not believe this, but we used to have to give injections. Like, you know, like, and so right. I think it's, it's cool to see like the relationship with the technology at every step, you know, there are going to be people 770 in particular, and, you know, 780 is coming soon, but there's some, like some kid two years old and above who's diagnosed with diabetes today. And his mom will never know a world where she can't have access to see his blood sugar on her phone. Right. Right. And, uh, for all of the diabetes parents over the years that had to do all those finger sticks in the middle of the night, uh, to a kid that did not want their finger sticked, uh, then, you know, I, I, th I think it's just, it's good. Those gradual steps and, uh, Hey man, I'm, I'm just glad to, to have some cool people alongside, uh, along my journey. And, uh, you know, Chris, for sure, man, it's been uh, cool to get to know you and looking forward to continue to work on stuff with you in the future. And hopefully we got to get a golf round, uh, Absolutely. Uh, you know, here, here, uh, you know, on the calendar here sometime. Well, I need a takeover, Chris. I need, I need to see a day in your life, sir. I would love to sure. see that. Yeah. Yeah. Heck yeah, yeah. Absolutely. I'll definitely give me a few weeks because I need my golf clubs here. And I and I'm I'm kicking myself from not having my golf clubs because the weather's been beautiful here. But um yeah, would love to um love to see what you guys are doing. Love the energy. Rob, you 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 have been a voice for for type one diabetics for a while now. And like I said, from my perspective, like it was it's when you think about seeing normal people doing diabetic things, I you know, you think of Rob out. Like you think of of how you've made it seem and look, especially with your journey with, with professional sports and, and just doing those things. Like you're giving hope to people that, that you don't even know that you're giving hope to. Um, and like, like we were talking earlier, like the content that people see, like they need to see that because it gives hope for the future generation to say, Hey, I can do um, you know, just what these guys are doing. I can do what Rob's doing. So absolutely. Thanks for having me today, guys. I appreciate the time. I love conversations with good, healthy diabetics and, and just talking and advancing the, the culture a bit because it's still a stigma and it's still out there. And I love the conversation that, that we all had today. Yeah, man. Thank you. I mean, I couldn't, that was a pro sign off, man. You nailed it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, I mean, for those who want to follow Chris, Chris.leaper on Instagram, we'll definitely share his account on the, on the, on the show notes, but I think it's so important to hear stories, uh, from people who live with diabetes and you never know. Thank you for, thank you, Chris, for sharing, you know, all those ins and outs of, of your journey, because who knows, maybe somebody that's listened to every episode up to this point, this is the one that resonated with them. And I think that's the power of the community. And uh, I'm just looking forward to uh, continuing to be a part of it. Perfect. Thanks guys. Thanks for having thank me. Thank you.